everybody, welcome back to the Talking Wolves podcast. We're back today for a brand new episode. Football is almost back at Molyneux. Perhaps not the way we uh, we would have hoped, but we will be seeing Premier League football back on our screens very, very soon. My name is Dave. Alongside me today is Matt Cooper. Matt, how are you doing, man? I'm, um, I'm very happy to be back, Mike. It's good to hear your voice again. I feel like it's been too long. Let's never... Take so long ever again, please. I know, I know. <laughs> I, ju- I mean, the last podcast, it didn't actually seem that long ago, but it's been over a month, like a month and a half, which is crazy. So Yeah, uh, I was just saying to you before, and like, I forgot I forgot who, who even plays for us. Like, <laughs> just football just hasn't been relevant. But no, it's, uh, it's good to have some kind of normality back in the life, for sure. Yeah, and of course, we're going to be talking about uh, you know fixtures today, uh, transfer rumours. We've got a lot of questions from you guys as well. If you don't follow us on the socials, then what you're doing is at Talking Walls everywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and of course, before we kick off today's podcast, a uh, big shout out to our uh, podcast sponsors, the Pitch Football app, a uh, fantastic football app to go and check out. Of course, when football is back, uh, it's a great way to talk to other fans, really uh, have your say on football and you know, you can give your predicted Wolves team as well. We'll be pushing that a lot more on our socials as well. So be sure to go and check that out. Um, but Matt, I mean, we were going to do a podcast maybe a couple of weeks ago, I think, when it, it was announced football is back. Um, and then, of course, the fixtures have been announced today. What, what's your immediate reaction about the, the Premier League's return? Um, I, I think, it, for me, it's welcome. I think the, the, para, the, the safety of the players is, has been paramount. Obviously, the, the safest thing to do is for not to try and not to play in the Premier League yep. to not happen. But I think the next step along from that is is returning the way they've done and doing it step-by-step, stage-by-stage in, in, in a safe environment. You've seen from the testing, the number, the percentage of positive tests for overall tests is, is very minimal. And I think uh, I think they're doing doing a brilliant job, and hopefully we don't have any hiccups on the way, and everything can be plain sailing from whenever is it nineteenth, twentieth of June up until the end of the season, mm-hmm. because I think it'd only take twenty twenty five players to come down with it from to scrap it. So hopefully, for the sake of the Premier League and obviously the well being of the players and, and coaching staff etc., that no one else comes down with it. But yeah, it's welcome from me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's been I think. A lot of fans were some sort of umming and ahhing. I don't think it was ever going to be null and void unless it, you know, it went past sort of August September. Um, and I think the Bundesliga was a good good example, you know, of, of how they did it. It's been going for a number of weeks now, maybe this third weekend coming up, I think. Um, and that seems it seems to be going well, and they've managed that quite well. So I think the FA have obviously taken an example with that. Um, and I think they they sort of bided their time. They didn't rush to any decisions. So like you say, I think. Um, as fans, we we are really looking forward to it. Of course, we'd love to be watching our own team at Molyneux and, and, and so on as well. But have you had a chance to watch any of the Bundesliga, Matt? What's, what's been your sort of thoughts on the whole I've atmosphere watched, thing? I've watched bits and bats. I, I'm, I'm not going to say uh, it's been great and it's fantastic. I've seen I've seen probably 120 minutes of, 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 of a game. I watched the um, Bayern Munich versus Union Berlin game. Dortmund Schalke, yeah. where Schalke got... I bet they're wishing <laughs> that the season was cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I watched another game. Um, to be honest, it was a little bit training ground like very very weird spectacle where players are hustling, bustling on crosses. Yet when they celebrate, they've got to keep the distance. It's strange. However, I have watched a couple of the um, the, the Portuguese league games over the last two nights. And that standard, it, it's very high intensity and it's played at a really, really good tempo. 
So that's kind of I'm kind of hoping that the Premier League returns returns in a similar vein because they are actually quite good games to watch. Yeah, I think I think uh, both both uh, divisions. I think you can almost see that the players haven't really had like they've had a big gra- uh, gap though because yeah. some of the some of the mistakes and some of the lack of sharpness. I think of some players like Schalke were doing actually actually okay. Obviously, we don't want to change this from a you know talking walls podcast and just a generic football podcast. But I think Schalke are actually doing okay in the league. Um, and this big break has obviously sort of stunted that momentum and progression almost. And you know they're 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 you know in disarray at the moment. And I think that th- this could be crucial for Wolves. We know how well organised Wolves are and have been in the past. You know um, we we'll talk a bit more maybe about the substitute rule coming in. Wolves have only used twenty players throughout the league this season, um, and we've done very well Thursday Sunday. Um, and I think you know Wolves were probably you know we were I believe one of the first teams back in training properly. And I think that could be a massive boost for Wolves. I think it could go one of two ways, but I genuinely think it could be a big boost for Wolves. And teams like Watford, of course, with the whole Troy Deeney saga, which we won't really get into much, um, you know, their their training has been all over the place. And that could be a real downfall for them, I think, you know. And you've seen it in, in Germany, um, where a lot of away teams are winning as well. It's a percentage of the away teams are actually winning more than the home teams. So... Um, that will be interesting to to have a look at as well in, uh, in when the Premier League comes I, back. I think I teams know. like I mean, for example, we played Villa in three games time. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the time that Villa have played this season at home and got a result. Gabriel Bonnehor said it himself. It's not Villa. It's not the team we've, we've won that. It's it's the crowd. And there's no there's no yeah. denying that Villa Park is a it, you know the fans get behind them and as as they should do in a relegation dogfight. So just take that away from teams who rely on their home advantage in terms of atmosphere it's uh, it, it it's huge especially going to going to villa yeah, they must they must think that that they already turned up beat because i think that before before the break it was five five without a win and they do rely on that villa park atmosphere and to have that stripped away from them must be a huge disadvantage to teams especially teams fighting down the bottom of watfords Maybe not West Ham because they're about three miles from the uh, from the pitch for the fans, but um, yeah, it, it it is huge. Yeah, and uh, you know, so we we're going to talk about obviously the um, the matches coming up and so on. Let's let's have a quick look. Obviously, the FA um, announced recently uh, the changes substitute rules, so clubs are allowed to name I think nine subs um, now, and five can be used in a match. Um, what do you think? Do you think this has much effect on Wolves, Matt? I mean, we. You know we've had quite we've got a small squad like I've said we've only used twenty players. Um, this could be a big chance for some of the younger players like your Ottawa's, your Marquezes. You know this could be a big chance for them to step up into the first team. It is. It's, it's a great opportunity. I feel I feel sorry for the the bit of a tangent like the Championship clubs who might necessarily have anything to play for weren't going to go up aren't going to go down yet. They can have the option of using five subs. That's all appearance fees. That's all money. But in the Premier yeah, League, I don't think, I don't think it. Obviously, you would hope that the finances should be sound. But it's a great opportunity for the younger players to say, oh, like you said, the Ottawa, the Marquez, even the Gibbs Whites, who's going to have a massive point to prove. And he, this this um, this extension on how many substitutes can use might just be a lifeline for him because I can't imagine him being being used many times as a sub if we had three substitutes allowed to be brought on. So maybe this is a lifeline. It'd be good to see Jordao as well, given a chance. And even Podent, so we haven't really seen a lot of. And when we have, I've been impressed by him. But I'd, li- I'd like to see a little bit more of Podent and really you know, let him have a chance. 
Yeah, I mean, well, we, we've not really touched on the Gibbs White whole scenario. I'm not, I'm not planning to to go into that too much, but I think you are, you are right. Um, you know, imagine if the the crowds were back just after what he did. Um, he could have, he could have had a disastrous spell in his career. Like fans just would not have warmed to him. Um, you wouldn't have been surprised to he's hear. He's still getting his stick now, doing. isn't he? It's just. Well, that's the thing. So I think if he, if Nuno does give him game time and there's no crowd, you know, that, that could be okay for him. He's not got anyone on his back as such. He's not got anyone booing him, you know, from in the stands. Um, so, you know, a good end to the season for him. And, you know, his career could go one of two ways, really. So, and I think you're right. Uh, Daniel Pudence is going to get more game time. Uh, like you said, Jordao, it'd be great to see him play some more football as well. Um, he looks completely different, by the way. He's grown his hair out. Yeah, I saw uh, that. <laughs> it's weird how, like, uh, do you see that Sancho, uh, back to the Bundesliga, yeah, yeah, talking yeah, yeah. Bundesliga, he's uh, got a fine for having a haircut. I know, he's but not happy about that. Pedence has come back with a, the, the, the fiery skin fade I've ever seen, though. I wonder who's done that for him. Ah, <laughs> uh, who knows? Definitely not your barber. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, well, let's move on to obviously the fixtures. So the fixtures were announced, and it was announced. I think people weren't too sure what order they were going to be in. Uh, but the Premier League have announced that the fixtures now are going to be played more or less in the same order uh, that they were left in. Every game is going to be televised on TV, um, which I think that is, is a plus for the fans, right? I know, again, it, it brings up the TV subscription thing. I saw a load of fans expecting them for free for season ticket holders. Which... Well. Well, and a refund. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Christ. Yeah. Nah. No. Not, I, I, it's going to be great. I, I, I do feel like I might get fed up with football, though. <laughs> having, not having it all to it being all the time. I mean, if I'm in the house before pan- the pandemic and the football on it, I will watch it if it's the Premier League. Yeah. Whereas now it's coming like three games a day. I might I might have to miss a game, which is, which is unheard of for me, but... It's going to be great. Um, I feel sorry for those who haven't got BT and Sky subscriptions because the games at the BBC have got just absolutely They're going to be awful. the worst ones, are they? Was it, yeah. Is it Palace Bournemouth they've got? I, I think so. I mean, if that was happening <laughs> in the bottom of my garden, I'd shut the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What an awful game to have. I'm saying that, I'll be probably like 5-5, five, five, but yeah. um, it's great that it's been televised. I'm sure if people don't have these subscriptions, they can find other means to watch them. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. How thick and fast the games are coming. We're gonna be glued to the teller. Yeah, and uh, of course, Wolves first three fixtures against West Ham United, Bournemouth, and Aston Villa. Of course, uh, on Sky Sports and and the 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 last two on BT Sport. Um, Matt, I mean, we knew this the fixture list before. Obviously, these were officially announced. We knew this is possibly going to be the order that we had them in. Mm. Um, but. On paper, this is a decent decent start for Wolves, surely? I think statistically, we've got the best running. Yeah. Um, but yeah, West Ham faltering down the bottom, got no fight. Uh, was it Bournemouth next? Yeah, Bournemouth, yeah. Again, struggling. However, I think Bournemouth is going to be a tougher task than people might first assume. They've got Brooks back, they've got um, Cook back, they've got a few other players back, uh, Wilson... You know, King. you know the one thing that I think is going to be interesting for the Bournemouth match. So all the players have got to drive to the games themselves, right? Mm. So Bournemouth are going to have to drive up from Bournemouth, so like what two and a half, three hours drive to Wolverhampton, yeah, midweek as well. You know, that could be that could weirdly be an advantage for Wolves. You know, yeah, I, I, I just don't think it's going to be as easy because they've got players coming back. 
Um, when you look yeah. at the team on paper, you've got like Nathan Ake, like Wilson, Brooks, Fraser, who is in and out of the team and his head might be elsewhere, but again, he's, he's, a, he's a real threat. Um, I still expect us to win it, but I don't think it's going to be a, a you know a, a tin can like the Villa game the week after. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, a lunchtime kickoff is probably that would probably. I think that was the time it was meant to be, um, when it was actually yeah. you know with with a crowd, wasn't it? So I think that is going to be a really good game. But I think the 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 first three games really could define where Wolves you know could finish this season. I think three points, uh, nine points out of those three games. Sorry, um, could be a massive push. You could genuinely see Wolves you know in in fifth and possibly even top four with three wins there. I know it's a long, long stretch and, you know, still a few weeks away before we, uh, we're we going to see those games. But on paper, as long as Wolves' preparation is correct, um, yeah. you know, the fixtures aren't too... I mean, of course, it's going to be quite tough having a midweek fixture straight away. You've got three fixtures in a week there, um, which is always going to be tough on the legs, especially when you've not kicked a ball for how long properly. Um, Wolves could genuinely be within a, within a shot, but... You know, walls never do it the easy way, do they? You know, we've seen that no, many times before. I, I expect a Nuno Espirito Santo team to be extremely well organised, well drilled, and well prepared. I think that's the absolute minimum that Nuno expects from the team and his coaching staff. So, hopefully, with that in mind, we go into these games as best as we can. It this may have been a blessing in disguise. I, I was concerned for Raul's welfare. Coming towards the end <laughs> yeah. of this season, because the poor lad hasn't hasn't stopped. He's played like two seasons continuously, hasn't he? With the um, yeah. tournament over in South America, um, but and the World Cup the year before that as well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's barely he's barely stopped. So maybe it is a bit of a welcome break. There's, listen, there's going to be legs. There's going to be rustiness, but I think after three or four games, especially with the the, um, the, the friendlies we're having against Forest, I think I think with the running, we, we we've got. We've got a real opportunity here of doing something special, and I just hope that in a month and a month half time, it's not what could have been. Yeah, yeah, and I think like like you say, you know, this is going to be almost like a preseason period at the start. Um, you know, you, you guys saw, you know, we saw how well we did in Asia. You know, against some of those teams that are half fit, it's going to be a similar scenario because you're allowed a, a large amount of substitutes. Mm-hmm. You know, we we really did well against some of these teams, so. Yeah, we've just got to we've just got to take advantage of that. Take advantage of I think of the Wolves' natural fitness. I've got a feeling that you know we're gonna have one of the most fit teams in the division. I hope. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it, and I'm I'm really thinking you know uh, a good start here for Wolves could seek you know a, a brilliant end to the season. I, I do see a lot of tabloids and a lot of media say Wolves you know could push for the top four, which I I still laugh at to this day. I still can't believe that. We're even then in a discussion for Champions League, but in reality, you know, we're not actually too far away of it. Um, I think I think it's a fair assumption as well that once you strip back the fans, uh, and no empty stadium, etc., it, it may just depend on who is the better footballing team or who is who, just who's better technically. Yeah, and with the players we've got in our squad, there's only probably three, three maybe four clubs ahead of us. So does that put us top five, top four? Maybe. I hope so. I really do hope so. Because if it just comes down to technical ability, there's at least 15, 14 clubs that we're better than. Well, if you look at the losses, isn't it like only Liverpool, I think, that have lost more games than us this season yeah, still? Yeah, we're very, works. very, very hard to beat. We just sometimes don't put teams, put teams to bed. Sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, um, but I mean, you could look at the opposite side of that. I know Arsenal, you know, they're, they're gaming hands against Man City. Um, you know, we, we are in a great position in the league, but there's a couple of teams behind us that aren't actually too far behind us, so a couple of slip-ups. It's and we've tight everywhere. Yeah. I was looking early at the relegation. That one, I was like, anyone up until like 11th, 12th could get pulled into this. It's ridiculous. It's it, it, it's strange how it's probably the tightest it's been for years, yet Liverpool are the runaway leaders from far and beyond. This is complete contrast. I know, yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, guys. Of course, you can let us know your thoughts on, on how you think the, the season's going to go. We're going to be obviously putting a lot of content out ahead of that game, whether that be on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, or, and of uh, course the match. New yeah. website, TalkGoals.co.uk. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, TalkGoals.co.uk. Um, yeah, I mean, we may as well talk about that quickly now, Matt. Obviously, uh, you, you helped get that set up. All right. well, I mean, you may as well talk about it. What, what's going to be on the website and what features yeah, people can look um, out for? Sight and simple. Um, a simple budget bespoke website solution for small businesses. We're kind enough to uh, build the Talking Walls website. Um, it's all new, all new design website. A lot more user friendly. Uh, dedicated blog section. Um, where we're going to have guest writers and journalists who are going to come and give us their thoughts. We've also got a, a, a section that's dedicated purely to Walls rumours. So, we collate all the rumours together and put them into a handy blog for you. Um, but again, of course, keep yourself updated on the on the Twitter and social media, which is at Talking Walls. But yeah, head on over to talkingwalls.co.uk and let, let us know what you think. Of course, sign up to the newsletter, etc. So yeah, um, hope hope to see you on there commenting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be um, just going to take Talking Walls in a slightly different direction as well, guys. Which we've been there, uh, we've been looking forward to. So definitely, uh, if you're a, if a keen reader of blogs and stuff like that as well as a listener of podcasts, and yeah, that's definitely uh, a place to keep your eyes out on. Um, and I mean, it moves us swiftly on, really, Matt, to, to rumours. Um, it has been already quite a busy couple of weeks uh, in terms of rumours for Wolves. There's been plenty of um, players coming in and out, reportedly. Plenty of fans saying we're talking bollocks again, as per usual. <laughs> it's been quite bad, I think, the past couple of weeks. I, I don't think people again. understand what's going on. I mean, we've, we could talk quickly about, of course... Um, firstly, the retained list. The so Wolves announced that quite early, didn't they? Mm. Um, players that were coming, oh, like staying and going. Um, firstly, Brighton Abakari, it was announced he was being released. Uh, I mean, we could talk about that quite quickly. I've now, heard because... something about Bright. Um, Go on. That he might be going to AEK. Yeah, Besiktas and Athens want him. Yeah. I saw today. So... A journalist from Athens messaged me earlier. He's like, we've heard it could be happening. Is it true? I don't know. Ask him, not yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, I think he was pretty strongly linked with Coventry as well, obviously with the ties yeah. that he had there before. Uh, but I think I think he probably needs to move outside of England, right? I, I just don't think... He obviously didn't enjoy it here too much, I don't think. You know, such he, a wherever maverick, he went. But such a talented young lad as well. Yeah, I thought he, yeah. if we got his head right, he could have been a real, real talent. Maybe not for us, but for someone else. But it's a shame. But these kind of players come and go, don't they? Happens quite yeah. a lot. You have that a lot. I mean, you've seen. Um, trying to think of other players with that sort of issue. I remember back uh, a number of years ago, Connor Hunt as well, mm. who all signed from Chelsea, and he had such a you know big career ahead of him, and unfortunately, that sort of side of things, um, that sort of side of things, sort of got the better of him as well, but. In terms of other contracts, Jordan Graham has left the club. Philofosawaii as well. Never made an um, appearance. Never made an appearance. I don't think pe- some people may not even know who he is. Um, but in terms of players that were kept, uh, Matt, John Ruddy. John Ruddy signed a new contract. What? This this split decisions, really. Um, bit 50-50. I know we've given Ruddy a, a fair bit of stick over the last sort of 12, 18 months. But, <laughs> no, I have. Uh, you haven't. 
<laughs> but what, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, it's one that I'm pretty indifferent on it. If they got rid of him, fair enough, thanks to the service, you're keeping them good backup keeper to have. For, he's not going to go somewhere and play first-team football and get the wages on at Wolves. So I think John was at a crossroads where he had to decide what's more important than him trying to create a legacy somewhere else at the age of, what, 33, 34, whatever he is? Yeah. Or benefiting more financially, and he's obviously opted for that. And you, you can't blame him. It's a short career being a footballer. So, yeah, he's, he's a good backup option too. I don't think there's many keepers in the Premier League who are backups who could be called upon like John will do. Um so yeah, again, I'm indifferent, but um, he's been he's been a good servant to the club, and yeah, happy to see him. Happy to see him stay, and well, yeah, yeah. I think I'm on the I think I'm on the same boat as you, really. I I, I wouldn't have been too yeah. bothered either way, but I've said it was probably in hindsight a good good decision from Wolves. Uh, like you say, a very good backup goalkeeper, English, which adds to that homegrown uh, homegrown ruling. Um, obviously a good character to have. Um, You've got a mean pat on the back. As well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, Wolves would have lost their uh, Taskmaster host as well, which uh, would have been disastrous. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. I did have sort of, uh, like a, a little debate with someone about this who, who just couldn't believe that we signed him on a new contract and we should have been signing better players and Will Norris should be a backup. But, you know, right, Will Norris can't get a kick at Ipswich. What makes you think he's going to get a kick at yeah. Wolves? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I think it's not a bad option. Um, I, I believe, obviously, he had like an extension which was triggered by Wolves, but they only triggered that once they were sure he wanted to stay. So, obviously, like you say, he shows that in his, uh, yeah. his career because, of course, he was linked with Besiktas as well uh, last month or the month before, which would have been an extremely weird uh, move and we were linked to Loris Carrius. It, it, it's, you know. uh, it's safe for him, isn't it? He knows he's going to continue on the same way. His family are here. You don't know what the transfer market's going to look like when it all when the pandemic starts yeah. to ease. He might not get a move. He might he might reduce fifty or seventy five percent on his salary. It's safe for him. He might not to get get to play as many games, but I'm sure um, it, it's um, it's a bit more safety for him and his family, certainly financially anyway. So I can't blame him. Cannot blame him whatsoever. Uh, moving on to uh, transfers coming in. Uh, main one this this. Uh this window so far, or this sort of gap in the season, has been uh, Jao Palinha, who's currently on loan at Braga, uh, plays for Sporting. Um, uh, that's his team, obviously, on loan at Braga. Wolves have apparently, or were close to agreeing a 15 million euro deal for him. Uh, he played against Wolves at Molyneux um, in the Europa League. As far as uh, I've been told, he played pretty well there. I honestly cannot remember him too much. Um, more of a defensive-minded midfielder. Is this someone that Wolves need, Matt, do you think? I think we certainly need a bit of steel and um, a bit of legs for the want of a, a better phrase in midfield. I think Matinho and Neves do an unbelievable job, but defensively can be a little bit can be a little bit lacking in terms of breaking the play up and, and, and screening um, the defence. But he, he, he said he played against Wolves at Molyneux and he, he was good. He recycled the ball well. He was physical. Um, so yeah, I would I would like to see someone with a bit more pace and a bit more directness brought in, rather than someone who's a little bit safe and will recycle the ball and keep the ball. I'd like to see someone with a little bit more directness. I know we've seen us been linked with players like William Carvalho at Betis. Yeah. Um, again, it's it's good to be linked with these kind of players, but for the money they want, 
It's it's a bit ridiculous. I know Porto need to sell. Maybe have a look at Danilo Pereira there. Because um, yeah. he's, he's the type of player that I would like there. I think he's the player that people think Carvalho is. But at 12 or 15 million euros, I don't think you can really complain. We, sort, we know we signed Dunk for that kind of amount and he's probably worth 35, 40, 40 now to wall. So again, even... Even if he doesn't set the world alight, it's probably an investment where they can sell him on for, for a little bit more. So, yeah, that's farming me. But we do need we do need that squad depth. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's sort of one. Dead Donker has still been heavily linked with a move away to Lazio. Um, I think Lazio are adamant they're going to be able to get him for sort of twenty five million euros. Uh, they still think that you know Wolves owe them a favour after signing Neto and Jordao. So how? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, they've been kind of free, did they? Yeah. So, do you think? What do you think about Dendonka? You know, is is he vital to Wolves? Can Wolves afford to sell him? What sort of value do, would you sort of value him at? It's for me. It's like, and this might sound like I even think that I'm like inept when it comes to football tactics, but I'm not really sure what he does. He's he's good. He's a good player. He's good in midfield. He's good in defence, but. I don't know. I think his versatility might be his downfall. Where he okay. can't hold yeah. down the CDM role. He can't hold down a midfield three. He can't hold down a centre-half position. He's great to have in the squad. Like I said, the variety of positions that he plays is great. And it's good to have that versatility. Same with Saïs. But if you could tell him for 30, tops 35 million, you could bring in someone better. But saying that, Kevin Felwell said he's, he's the one he's proud of the most in bringing in. Um, oh really? Okay. Yeah, uh, he said on the athletic podcast with um, Spears and Outlaw, said he's the one that that the, the, he's most proud of bringing him because he's done really well. He's a really good lad. Um, he's a consummate professional. So I don't know. Maybe those kind of things might might sway them, them to keep him. But I think I think we could we we could well we can always improve. And I think if you don't want to improve, then it's going to stand still or or even worse, go backwards. So if if a bid came in for thirty thirty five million, then yeah, it'd go for me, but whether it comes in or not, Italian clubs don't have any money, so it ain't going to happen. I agree with that. I agree with that as well. Uh, I mean, that will bring us on shortly to another topic, but yeah, I mean, I think Fiorentina are looking to get rid of Catrone as well already. That uh, that would mean they have to trigger the clause uh, with Wolves before they can move him on. Because um, I saw someone else say, you know, bring bring Catrone back and offer him out as we part were of right the about Catrone, weren't we? He's just. It, it, like his movement was good, but he's just not, just not good enough. And he's gone he to Fiorentina and, and been found out a little bit as well. Or he's not had much of a chance. But everyone was saying, oh, he needs to bring him back. He could be amazing. I just that one, maybe that one good season he had at AC Milan might be the peak for him, which is yeah. a shame. But I think we were right. Yeah. So I mean, we're talking about Italian clubs. Let's move on to um, to Raul Jimenez, who's been heavily move, linked with moves to. Uh, Juventus, uh, of course, other clubs like Juvent- um, Manchester United, sorry, and and so on, and Spurs uh, have been linked with him. Um, it's been a weird, weird summer for him, is um, Matt. And he can't keep his mouth shut. I know. It's like, <laughs> appa- apparently, according to the Sun, uh, I, which I they so badly translated another article from somewhere else. He was available for 18 million euros. You know, just just the 10, 15 million euros less than what we signed I've, him for I've, last I've summer. I've come off Twitter for the time being until the football comes back because of all the politics and stuff. But I saw this 
on Facebook because it's one of those things that gets posted on like Dingle's AOE or other supporter groups because it's just plain, simple, ludicrous. Even even a bloke who has never, ever watched Raul play or even watched a game of football, if you said to him, right, the signing for 32, he had a great season, he's then kicked on again, scored more goals and been more instrumental for the team, they're going to sign him for £14 million loss. They'd yeah. be like, well, why? Well, that doesn't exactly. make sense. It's um, yeah. it's just it's just ridiculous, shabby, clickbait nonsense again. But I, I don't know why fans react to it because it's obviously not true. Mm. I don't know why they get like so so defensive and uptight about it. The Sun have got a job to do. The reporter's got a job to do. They've got to drive traffic to their website, and it's uh, it, it is shoddy journalism, but it works. It gets people to the site. So, but I'm pretty pretty confident that Wolves aren't going to sell him for 18 million this summer well I think what the what the actual article was it was from an Italian source saying that uh, Juventus were going to offer 18 million euros plus Higuain for Raul Jimenez I think that's what it was you've seen the, the size sun, of him yeah Higuain since he come back and then the, the Sun translated that as Raul Jimenez is available for that much so um, yeah, that I mean, there's been so many different ways, and like you, like you say, Italian clubs just don't normally have the money. Juventus at the moment, you know, they're still paying Ronaldo what like a million quid a week or something ridiculous at the moment. Um, you know, that until he goes, I don't mean they're going to be able to bring any sort of marquee players in. Um, and they've been talking about loaning him and purchasing purchasing him at the end of the loan. Brian about doing swap deals for him. I mean. It said in a couple of uh, articles that Wolves value him at about 60 million euros. But Matt, can you see him leaving this summer? You know, he's got this kid on the way. They seem to be posting a hell of a lot of Wolves pictures on their social medias. I mean, I don't, what's I, your stance on it? I don't know. I think I think if Juventus came in and, and, and said, we'll do him on a two-year loan and then we'll buy him at the end of the third obligation, I think Wolves would be all right with that because then they can then go to the bankers and IOU kind of. So they've they've got the funds guaranteed that they're coming in. They can borrow against that um, yeah. to spend elsewhere. But I don't know. I, I can't have in limbo whether he stays or whether he doesn't. I don't want him to leave. I think he's I think he's a tremendous player. And if we do, we we really would miss him because he's the focal point. Um, but I I don't know. He's not good enough to play for Real Madrid and Barcelona. He's not good enough to play for Atletico Madrid. I don't think. I think they're the only three clubs I could see him leaving to or having his head turned. Like he said, if Madrid or Barca come knocking, there's not many players who could turn it down. But I just don't think he's that level. Um, he's had two good seasons at Wolves, two fantastic seasons, but I don't think he's there. Um, I think he's not far away, but I just don't think that they're going to want to, especially Barcelona have got I mean, dire financial straits. Um, they won't fork up the money and I think Wolves will hold out for 50 to maybe 60, 60 uh, million so it, that Wolves might price him out of a move and I, and I hope they do because he's instrumental to how we play and he seems happy and he's got his kid on the way so again I'm just in limbo because I think maybe he could just switch in a week and he's like I want to know I want to leave I want to leave I can just see it happening yeah, I, I think like you say, it's, it's been it's taken walls, you know, to find a striker that can fit the system. We we found it quite quickly in Raul, and it just seemed it, it's working quite well. Um, there's always a player that can play in 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 the world of football that could play well for every club. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think like you say, Jimenez. 
it, I mean, it's crazy that we're even discussing a player, you know, possibly from Wolves going to Madrid or Barcelona or being good enough for Barcelona. You know what I mean? Like, this is, it's ridiculous. But he genuinely is a, a good striker. I think he just needs to, as, as prolific as he has been for Wolves, if he can start scoring 20 goals a season in the league, I think that's, that's when, when he's going to, yeah. yeah, that's when his value is going to skyrocket. Up. Everyone um, says, oh, he's got two or three years left at the top. I don't think I don't think he's got that. I think he's got four or five because he's not over reliant on his pace. He's a very very intelligent forward, and yeah. he's not going to lose it up there. The only thing he might yeah. slow down is reaction time, but he's going to be thirty four, not seventy four. So yeah. <laughs> I, I still think he's got so many miles left in the tank. So like you said, he's not one of these who's rapid and gets in behind. He's just a very intelligent footballer, and a lot of the a lot of the wide players do the running in behind for him. So. I just, I just can't see him going to a Real Madrid or Barcelona because I think the one thing that he he does lack, and this is stopping him from being an, an elite, world class level striker, is he's not absolutely ruthless in front of the goal. He's a good finisher, but he just lacks that ruthlessness that uh, Luis that- Suarez might do, or you know. Yeah. Uh, a, a Bellotti who we'd both like a Torino but uh, he, he just lacks that ruthlessness but that's probably the only downside to his game and you could argue 22 goals in 44 games he's great in front of the goal but I reckon I'd have put four past Crusaders <laughs> well, I've, I've, I think I played up top for them when he, when he came on <laughs> absolute lump I, th- I think they've um, uh, he's had the most shots out of any player in the Premier League I think this season as well yeah. so that just you know I think he's had 100 odd, odd shots I mean if, I think you're right. If he can start, just knock it in a couple more goals a, game, um, a season. That'd be I nice. Think, yeah, yeah. I know, a game there. Uh, it'd be a different conversation. But, I mean, if if right, if right, a bid came in and Wall said, right, we've got to sell him, uh, what's the minimum you would accept for Al at the moment? Minimum accept to cash up front? Yeah. Um, 55 million. 55 million you'd accept? What about you? Uh... I'd probably say 60. closer to 60, 65 million at least, yeah. yeah. 55 if we had a replacement lined up ready to go, 60 or 65 if we had to go and shop around. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think. Well, I mean, that brings us on to the next target, Carlos Vinicius, I suppose. And This is a weird one. This is a yeah, real the, strange one. The value of him, they're saying, is about 60 million euros. He's got a 100 million euro release clause, apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Benfica, <laughs> like you say, Benfica, Porto, Sporting, they all need the money, especially with what's going on at the moment. They just they just ran financially so badly. Um, well, the president of Benfica said that um, with Vinicius and uh, Diaz, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I'd have two 100 million pound players there. <laughs> Well, you've just yeah. gone and shot yourself in the foot a bit, haven't you? Because obviously you're not going to make that hundred million pound now or hundred million euros. I, I just, I don't get where. I, I don't think Wolves would have bid sixty million euros. I don't believe that for one second. I think it's just fabricated stuff from, from, from the president. Because you know what these club presidents are like in Portugal. It's just they speak. Yeah. They're so like Proper shit out, isn't they? Just so outspoken and just, yeah. just don't act professionally as you would do with. You won't see Kevin Fellwell or Jeff Shee coming out saying with. Um, we we bid seventy million for Pulisic, so yeah. he just or someone like that. He just wouldn't, would you? It's just, it's uh. Or oh, we've we've had this bid. It's just, yeah. It's, I can't I can't see us spending sixty million on a player who's gonna maybe sit on the bench. Bit of a one hit like a one season wonder at the moment as well, hasn't he? Like he's not actually been that prolific at Monaco or Napoli. Now. 
Um, so yeah, I think I think the club yeah, obviously like good. him though. If they tried they tried to sign him last summer but couldn't get a of work course, permit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. But to go from eighteen million to what they agreed the fiance sixty million in the space of a season where he's got fourteen goals. Was it fourteen goals? Fifteen in the league. Fifteen goals in twenty-two games, which fourteen came as start, which is prolific. It's great, but again, he's twenty-five. He's not in like a twenty-one-year-old. Mm. It's um, I don't know. With someone who, if you're signing a striker for sixty million, as you would roll, you'd expect him to come in at the ground running and be prolific. But it's just, it's just a strange one. I think it could be invested better elsewhere. Another striker, but doesn't cost sixty million. Right, if George Mendes came, say if you were the Wolves chairman, what George Mendes said came to you and said, right, Benfica need to offload two players, a hundred million. Diaz and Vinicius, would you buy them for a hundred million, both of them, like together? Yeah, I think that'd be I'd a great. Spread deal. it over eight years now. <laughs> <laughs> 40, 40 for Vinicius. Yeah, maybe leave a little bit more for him. Probably the best. One of the best, not young, but best centre-halves in the world. And I think he could, he, he's the kind of player that you look at and think he would take us to the next level. He would take us to Champions League football. Vinicius, perhaps not. But if it's part of the deal, then it's a bit of a sweetener. But I think City want Diaz, but the £100 million price tag is a little bit, a little bit too well, they're much. They're a bit in the limbo as well with what's going on behind closed uh, uh, behind behind the scenes there mm. as well. Um, I think that's probably all at the moment for sort of solid transfer rumours, of course. How about Higuain? Uh, Would you take him? Uh, if he wanted lower money, right? If Because I, I know he'd want ludicrous yeah, wages. He's a bastard, isn't he? Yeah. If he would want lower money and he was fairly happy, I'd have him as on the bench. But the mad thing is with that, right, was when we put it on Talking Wolves. I think I probably saw one out of about 100, 150 people that say they want him. Again, I've said this like three times. Imagine two years ago, turning down, was being offered Higuain, and Mate, everyone saying, "Nah." Goal-scoring nah, record, he's unbelievable. Uh, that's what I mean. If, but if I was if I was Walls and Crystal Palace signed Higuain, and the game was one-one, and with twenty-five minutes to go, they brought him on. I think, oh shit, he's going to score here because he's just he's just a he's just a finisher and. Just, think, just knows where the net is. If it financially made sense, say if they brought him in for ten million or on loan, and he didn't want ridiculous wages, then I would, I, I would it's take. Obviously, quality him. there, isn't there? Yeah, oh yeah, mate, he's an undoubted quality. But yeah. so whether he's hungry and well, he's definitely hungry enough. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing, the thing is right that the the way he, I know you said earlier about him and he's not like the quickest of plays, but the way he does counter is like. Like, yeah. He's obviously quicker than Higuain, right? So, like, the way we get the ball and just move the ball quickly, and, like, I just don't think Higuain would have, would able to be counter-attacking like we are. He wouldn't, but like, he's the kind of player you bring on when you're chasing the game yourself and you're having more touches in and around the box because I think his movement in and around the penalty area is probably better than better than Raul's. He's the he's kind of he's a kind of poacher who's in the right place at the right time, whereas I think Raul's more of an out-and-out Number nine centre forward. I don't know. It's just I've not seen enough of Higuain play at all the last year or so. So I'm just going off previous versions of Higuain. We're at Chelsea where he didn't even play that badly. But we'll see. I can't see it happening because his finances are going to be ridiculous. He's going to want 200, 150 grand a week and it's just not going to happen. 
Yeah, it's not worth it for Wolves. Right, we're going to move on to some questions. We've had questions in off Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. So big thanks to everyone that sent those in. Uh, the first one being off Jacob Messam. Uh, he said, do you think restarting the Premier League so soon with less time than ideal to train beforehand will have any sort of major effect on the end results? No, because I think we're all in the same boat, really. Not You, you might have a team who puts together four wins you might get a team who's dragged in but in terms of the bigger picture I'm not I don't think City are going to win the league if that's what he means yeah um, injury wise or fitness wise possibly you'd see you know probably see a higher proportion of injuries come in um, but I think that's probably why they've introduced this sort of five mm. substitute rule just to allow players it's going to be more muscle injuries and stuff pulls and, and strains yeah, and yeah, stuff course. like that which yeah. is part of the course isn't it Mm, yeah, so I don't think it will have a major effect, but it will it will be interesting to see. Obviously, like I said earlier, how some teams have reacted to the break compared to compared to others as well. Um, <laughs> this is a bit of a random one. Callum Atkins. He says, "Would you rather go white water rafting with Nuno or Matt Doherty, and why?" <laughs> I can't imagine your face right now. Um, I'm just. I think. I think Nuno would be good to be water rafting with because it's quite an extreme sport and I think you'd need that that um, leadership and from that you'd get from Nuno. But I think I think me and Doherty, Doherty would get on despite me giving him pelters for half a season. <laughs> just because he got quite he's got a really dry sense of humour and so am I. But I don't I don't know. I don't really fancy white water rafting with anyone if we're quite honest. <laughs> It's a bit of a random one, isn't it? Good question, though. <laughs> yeah, I like those. I like those questions. Um, we've got some more here. Where am I? Um, Barrett, he says, do you believe that Jimenez is a top-tier striker and would he fit in a team like Juventus? I mean, we've spoken about it before. You said maybe not Madrid or uh, Barca, but what about Juve? They've got so many players in forward areas. He's not going to get in front of Ronaldo. Obviously, yeah, yeah. He's probably going to be a second option. There's even Dybala there. Not he plays for any other team in Italy and starts, and he's a star. But maybe not Juventus. I, I still see the Milan clubs as bigger than Juventus anyway. But in recent years, they've been pretty poor. But yeah. he's not elite, world class level. But he's not far. Yeah. Okay. Um, Josh on Twitter he says, "When do you see us getting Champions League football?" Um, in about a month and a half when we win the Europa League <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll win the um, Europa League I really do yeah, we haven't, I mean we haven't spoke about that much have we today I mean they've not confirmed anything yet but it seems likely that they're going to be doing that throughout August there's, as well there's no so. way that your wafer are going to move the Euro 2020 20 to 2021 to um, so the domestic seasons can be completed if they're not going to have they're not going to lose out on, on three competitions, are they? They're going to want to get it done. They're going to lose too yeah. much money. So, um, might as well engrave our name on it now because we're going to win it. I'm telling you. It's happening. I hope so. Um, Andy Hipkins, team in formation versus West Ham. <sighs> I don't even... Like I said, I can't remember who plays for us. Patricio, <laughs> Sace, Bolly, Sace, Cody, Bolly, Doc, Johnny... Neves, Matinho, Adama, Jota, Raul. I'd go with. Oh, you got to play Raul. Uh, you got to play Adama. Yeah, 
I think I saw a couple of uh, people saying a five-three-two, but I think yeah, you got to play Dharma. Imagine, imagine him against you know maybe a West Ham player. You know they're not Cresswell, they're not going to have, they're they're not going to have faced pace like that in training, are they? So God, he's just. I mean, I've stopped betting, but get 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 the house on whoever's but he's normally Cresswell, isn't it, or Masawaka? Yeah. Just get the house on him being booked. Yeah. Um, would you? Uh, I mean, again. Uh, would you be okay with letting Jimenez go if it's going abroad? And would you make Diogo Jota your main striker? Nah, he needs someone to play alongside him. I think I absolutely adore Jota. He's just such a wonderful player to watch. But you need someone with him. That's another thing you got to consider. You got to bring someone in who can partner Jota, and I don't think that's going to be easy. And Raúl and Adama link up really well too. Most combined for goals. So again, it's all things that Wolves will be thinking about, but. I'm not asked whether he goes abroad or not. As long as the money's right, couldn't, couldn't care where, where he plays. Because once he goes, I couldn't I couldn't care less about him. And then final question from Bleed Walls: What is your final prediction for the rest of the season? Like, what position do you think Walls will finish in? Fifth place. Fifth place. You've heard it here first, Matt Cooper. What about you? Uh, um. <laughs> don't sixth, put, blame it all on me, mate. Don't shift sixth, it off. sixth, sixth, yeah, sixth place. I think. Doom yeah. and gloom. Dave has a party. Uh, mate, you know I'm normally the positive one, so I'm just being. I'm, you know, mate, I'm a happy uh, clapper these days. <laughs> 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 um, as always, guys, let us know your thoughts then in the comment section, or if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or what have you, you can always tweet us uh, with your thoughts on the podcast. Of course, go and check out Pitch Football, the app as well. Uh, we'll be sure to leave uh, links for that in the descriptions as well. Uh, available on the App Store or the uh, the Play Store. Uh, Matt, it's been a pleasure. Uh, where can people find you on social media? You- if needs be you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at mcooperwrites however if you do message me on Twitter at the minute you won't be getting a reply because <laughs> I just can't stand it at the minute I'm waiting for the football to come back when there's some positive news um, but yeah mcooperwrites on Instagram and, and Twitter but, and where can people find you Dave? People can find me at Dave Azopardi on Twitter um, and of course you can find Talking Walls at Talking Walls, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, be sure to hit us, give us a follow, like or subscribe uh, for all the latest Walls news, whether that be transfer, gossip um, or anything to do with Walls really. Uh, it's been a pleasure Matt and of course guys we'll be back when the football kicks off again and maybe we'll do a podcast a couple of games uh, or maybe after the Villa game as well. Uh, so yeah guys, thanks a lot for listening. And until next time, we'll see you all very soon.